Do you ever feel like your mind is out of control? Like you want to focus on one thing and it goes all over the place and starts causing all these issues, makes you feel terrible. In this wonderful episode, we're going to talk about the five secrets to claim back your mind, to overcome overthinking. And these are things that a lot of people don't talk about that are really the deeper cause of all of these extra thoughts and all of this chaos in the mind. You're going to learn how to talk to your mind lovingly, which is one of the most important things in life. You're going to learn about the five different types of mind. You're going to discover the diet for your mind that actually makes your mind happy and healthy. And you're going to learn how your food, what you eat, affects your mind. And also how your money and your wealth directly and indirectly affects your thoughts. And this is something that most people have never thought about, and it's absolutely fascinating. So welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you doing, Shireen? Hello, Michael. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to share about this. Shireen has 30 years experience as a meditation teacher and has been mastering her mind and coming up with all sorts of practices and drills and methods for a very long time and I consider her an absolute expert on this topic so we're very lucky to have you here today. (laughs) Thank you for the blessing. So the first secret is learning how to talk to our mind with love and patience. What does that mean? You know, what I've noticed with the mind is if you don't teach your mind patience, then you cannot experience peace. And so the first thing, the first thing is, you know, people always say, oh, I'm so hard on myself. Actually, we are not hard on ourselves. We're really lenient with ourselves. But even though we are lenient with ourselves, we really don't know how to talk to ourselves. And so um, it's like, you know, parents that let the kids do whatever they want, but that doesn't mean that they're really parenting them properly. It's like, it's like that with the mind, right? Uh, with our mind. So we have to treat it like a toddler. We have to be gentle. We shouldn't be harsh but we have to be firm and we have to be disciplined. That, those are very important, gentle, not harsh, firm, discipline. If you are able to do those things with your mind, really coach it, parent it properly, give it patience, like, like patience. What I mean by that is if there's a situation going on, don't make a big deal out of it, right? Just learn to say, never mind. Just reduce the situation. Just reduce the situation. You know, one of the things, I, I've i learned this from Dadi Janki. She says, I make it smaller and smaller. Any situation, I make it smaller and smaller and smaller. And I make it into this little cotton thing. And I put it in my hand and say, Oof, and the situation is gone. That's fascinating. It's an NLP <laughs> <And> method. <laughs> what? That's like an NLP method. Right. So just learn to make it smaller and smaller and woof, let it go. Like it's very important, very important because that is the patience we need to teach our mind because situations will not go according to the way we want it. But I do have the capacity to make it small. Let's just dive into this a bit deeper about the the mind and how we talk to the mind. I have a friend who has two daughters who are like in their um, teens or early 20s. And she, her method of, of parenting them was let them do whatever they want. They're these two sweet little girls, you know, and they're very sweet and she's let them do whatever they want. And now, down the road, it turns out they're both uh, become pregnant with these basically criminal people, right? These criminal men. Um, I think both of them are in jail or they were in jail. So so the ir- irony is that by being super slack and do what you want and it doesn't matter, the consequence of that 
is that they didn't learn these these things and ended up in these really dark situations that they're now having to deal with and you know having to get restraining orders and all sorts of things. So how can we deal with being loving to the mind because you know we want to not too harsh to ourselves and also be firm like what what does that balance look like practically um you know it's interesting that story and i was thinking a lot of people these days right they don't have good parents i'm not saying the parents are bad in any way the parents also had trauma then whatever and so they really are struggling because they haven't parented they didn't get good parenting, but we can learn to parent ourselves. So what does this mean to be gentle and harsh, uh, not harsh, right? You have to be loving to it. So you have to give it some kind of discipline, like you give it a timetable. You have to say, okay, um, we did a whole podcast on getting up in the morning, get up in the morning. And if you don't get up in the morning, don't say, oh, it's okay. Don't give yourself excuses and stuff. Be firm. Be firm. But also don't be harsh. You know, don't beat yourself up, but be firm. No, I have, there has to be consequences. Let's say you like eating pizza. Um, I will not eat. If I don't wake up for five days in a row, if I gave myself a timetable for the mind, I'm not going to eat pizza for the next one week or something like that. It, you have to give yourself consequences. For me, the consequences I give myself is I do these mental exercises. Okay, if, I, if my mind goes there and it's not supposed to go there, I tell myself five times I'm going to do this. And so that is the thing that really helps. When we are firm, we have a discipline, but we are gentle, we are not harsh, right? We are not harsh. Like we don't talk to ourselves harshly. Right. So it's kind of the tone of voice. So, so we're saying to the mind, you know, that's we need to stop thinking like this and this is not helpful and make it smaller. And we, we're doing all these things in the mind, but we're doing it with a loving tone, with, with loving yes, energy. With loving, with loving energy, right? Like not like, oh, why did you do this? No, no with love but firm right right i think one one thing that everyone can practice is to stop and notice what is the tone of voice of the thoughts and is it someone else's tone of voice because i've been a coach for many years and i've talked to a lot of clients about these things i've often say to them all right when you're thinking these thoughts does it sound like anyone you know and many, many times they said, yeah, it sounds like my mother nagging me, <laughs> right? So because the mind can take on different tones of voice. We can have male voices or female voices or cartoon voices because it's an unlimited place of creation, really. And if our, vo if our tone of voice is really nasty and nagging and grating, that, that can freak us out, even if it's saying something nice. So we, we want to speak to ourselves very kindly like we would with a, with a toddler or a child that we love or, or a friend that we love. You know, like if someone's having a hard time, we, we would have compassion for them and love towards them and, and you know, try and give them advice if necessary, if they wanted it, but without that harsh, nasty, critical energy. So is that what you're talking about, to, to yes, speak lovingly, absolutely. calmly and firmly? Absolutely, yes. That's so fantastic. Second, second secret? What is the second secret? Second secret is the different types of mind. What are these different types of mind? I didn't know there was different types of mind. <laughs> right. I just heard this um, and I really loved it. So I thought I should share it here. Um, so there's the first kind of mind. We've heard about this, right? The monkey mind. The monkey mind is just constantly being playful and going here and there and, you know, flitting from one branch to another and, you know, jumping everywhere, right? That's the monkey mind, where it's just jumping all over the place. It's just going everywhere. Mm. So you can, and as you, you listen to this, you can think about which, which type of mind do you have as we, as we hear about this. So the first one's the monkey mind. And the monkey mind is like, it's jumping from place to place. There's no discipline. It's just doing whatever it wants to do. That's the one type of mind. The second type of mind is the donkey mind. And the donkey mind is very stubborn. 
just refuses to transform, right? It's just very stubborn. You know, like you're saying about these people, you know, okay, it's like my mother talking to me. Um, but they, in, in many of these situations, right, they will never admit what they did for their mother to talk to them that way. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, and then it's so stubborn there's, there's no like it doesn't want to do any kind of self-transformation like any kind of self-reflection any kind of self-transformation it doesn't want to do that so that's the donkey mind and then there's the butterfly mind the butterfly mind is it flits from one to the one flower to the other flower to the other flower it doesn't really stick anywhere just like a butterfly, it goes around. That's the third kind. And the fourth kind, which is what we want, is like a crane or a heron. Um, so the crane or a heron, um, they, both the birds, they are able to sit very still in the water with their one leg up, so still, so still. Sometimes you wonder if they're alive. <laughs> <laughs> and for how long they can just sit so still. So that is the fourth type of mind. And the fifth type of mind is the lotus mind. The lotus mind is where you are in the world, but you're above it, just like a lotus flower. You're in the water, but you're above the water. You're detached, you're loving, you're in the world, you're off the world, but you're above it. And so the fifth type of mind is more a, more of a, what would you call it, like how do you show up in the world? How do you show up in relationships? And like the fourth kind of mind is how do you personally, how is your mind doing personally? So those are the five kinds of mind. I've seen those cranes. I remember I was I actually went to the creek here in Sedona in the summer, like last year. And because it's really hot in the summer and you can swim in the creek and it's really clean, fresh water. And there was this, I think it was a crane or something like a crane. They're really big birds, right? And it was just it was just sitting there, so royally standing there in the water. And I'm like, what is it doing here? Like, what, what, like I've never seen these before. Like, what is it? It must have come from somewhere else. Yeah. And I thought, is migration. is it is it real? Because it just is it because I didn't never seen them before. Didn't move, and was really big. And I thought, this is such a bizarre scene to see this happening. And it was in the right spot, perfectly. And it was. And I thought, what a wonderful creature. I remember thinking, just looking at it, I felt like a, like a, a real blessing just to be in its presence, actually, because it had such a nice a royal energy about it. So that that's a lovely type of mind to have, where it's just calmly sitting there, nice and cool, centered, collected. And so just even thinking about that, gives us a feeling doesn't it right it does and as we talk about on this podcast we can change can't we shireen anyone can go from one to the absolutely the other. anyone can anyone can we just need to have the desire to do so and we shouldn't give excuses to ourselves we shouldn't blame other people we shouldn't blame situations for what's happening in our mind so as long as we take responsibility and think, no, I have to transform. Whatever the situation is, I have to transform. It is possible. It is possible. We can all have the crane mind and the lotus mind. All of us. It is possible. It is possible. And it's possible from the third secret, which is the diet, the diet for our mind. Because what we put in our mind of course, creates the mind. I mean, the mind is created by the thoughts that we have and the sort of things that we are focused on. So what what is the diet for the mind that allows us to become like a crane mind or a lotus mind? So the most important part of the diet is that it has to be pure thoughts. So we have different kinds of thoughts, right? We have like the waste thoughts and we have negative thoughts like anger and all of that would be negative. We have like useless thoughts. If we keep thinking about something again and again, overanalyzing, that would just be waste thoughts. And then we have um, positive thoughts like, oh, I have courage, I can do this, this, all of that. But then there are pure thoughts. Pure elevated thoughts are thoughts of 
our eternal selves, thoughts of the of um, the eternal world, the spiritual world, thoughts of our eternal higher power. Right? These thoughts are eternal thoughts. They are pure thoughts, and they do make a huge difference. Huge difference. You know, in um, Rene Rene Descartes was a mathematician, and he was my hero. Um, um, because not only was he a mathematician, he was a philosopher too. And he said, cogito ergo sum, which means I think, therefore I am. Um, and so really thinking, right? Thinking, what is it that I'm thinking decides who I am? It's not just I'm thinking I'm, I am. It's what I am thinking is what I will become. And so um, we need to understand that if I keep feeding my mind a diet of these pure thoughts. It could be a simple, pure thought, and we could do a simultaneous breath and thought now. A simple, pure thought, right? I am a spiritual being. I'm radiant light. That's a pure thought. I'm a spiritual being. I'm radiant light. And you can keep repeating that as a mantra, again and again and again and again. But you have to do it with the awareness and understanding and visualization, not just say it like words, right? Awareness, understanding, and visualization, and you keep repeating it, and that really transforms the mind. So should we do a simultaneous breath? All right. Take a deep breath. Okay, now hold that breath and slowly release that breath. Again, a slow, deep breath. Hold that breath and slowly release that breath. Now, when you're taking a deep breath this time, I want you to remember you are a spiritual being, your radiant light. Deep breath. You are a spiritual being, your radiant light. Then release that breath. Deep breath. You're a spiritual being, your radiant light. And now release that breath. See? That doesn't make you feel better. Mm, that's beautiful. And it's amazing how fast that happens. You know, we think, oh, I haven't got time to sort my mind out, meditation, busy, busy, busy. And then you do <laughs> you do these things for about 10 seconds, 15, 20 seconds. You go, ah. Yeah, we all have 15-20 seconds. We all do. It's amazing, actually. So we need a, a diet. We need to fill our mind with good thoughts. And one of the things that, that I have noticed over the years, having worked with a lot of people, is that a lot of people don't realize that they can actually create their own thoughts in their head. Because a lot of teachings, I think Buddhism is... It doesn't Buddhism doesn't really say this directly, but people misunderstand a lot of Buddhist teachings, is my experience with having talked to people, that you're supposed to just watch the mind and not try and control it in any way. Because that is a practice that has a certain benefit to be mindful, to be detached, to watch it happening, right? I can they can see the benefit of that. But a lot of people they take that in the wrong way and they believe based on that that you can't control your mind at all, and so you shouldn't even bother trying. And a lot of people say this, don't even try and control your mind, there's no point, it's a waste of time. And so they don't actually realize that you can create your own thoughts on purpose. Like there's actually the power that we have to put our own thoughts in our own mind and to choose what goes in there. So this, this is a fundamental thing, that we have the power to actually create a thought, like I am peace, I am love, infinite bliss, infinite joy, <laughs> freedom, 
happiness, whatever it is, right? We can actually, just like we can speak, we can choose to speak words. We can, we're thinking words in our mind. So the fact that we can talk to each other means that we can do the same thing internally. Do you want to touch on that a little bit, Shireen? About yeah, consciously creating thoughts? Yes, consciously creating, right? Consciously creating these thoughts. But what happens is that is why we suggest in the previous podcast, we have suggested um, that you take up a wisdom practice because once you have a wisdom practice, right, the wisdom practice has to give you these eternal thoughts, a lot of them, right? It has to give you, you have to feed it a lot of these things. Um, and when you feed it these things, based on it's it can't just be what's happening in my life if I'm just thinking about everything that's happening in my life right like I'm just thinking about the physical world I'm not thinking about the spiritual world and really happiness lies bliss lies in the spiritual world physical world there's not that much happiness and even if there is it's very short-lived so if I keep thinking of what's happening in the spiritual world, I need to get away from what's happening just in the physical world. And so I have to feed myself and I have to keep going there. If I don't feed myself regularly with the wisdom practice, right, then I will go back and start thinking about everything that happened in the physical world. Like many times, right, 100% of our time, our thoughts are on the physical world. How can, you, how can we have happiness? if we just keep thinking about physical things, it's not possible. This should be a sustained joy. Right. And, you know, just like with food, like if someone says, oh, you know, I don't have any diet, I'll just eat whatever is most convenient, right? You just walk in, a sh- walk in the store and go, I don't know, like there's that thing sitting there, I'll just eat this. Or you just walk around, people just give you food and you eat whatever they give them. If someone does that physically the chances of them getting sick are fairly high because there's so much junk food around, there's so much nonsense around, there's fast food restaurants and drive-throughs, and so there's lots of convenient things that are easy to get our hands on, right? But if someone wants to be physically healthy, they need to consciously choose what sorts of physical food they're going to eat and how is it made and what kind of consciousness. So if we do it with our physical diet, why would we not do it with our mental diet? Right. Right? You know Dadi Gulzar, one of our elders, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. She became, uh, she transcended in 2021, I think. And she used to say, all all kinds of people want to give you trash. If someone puts out trash on the road, will you take that trash and bring it in your house? No, then why are you taking it into your mind? Right? So we give trash, we take trash, we are equally culpable. I'm not saying we are great. (laughs) All of us, you know, it's it's a dynamic that goes on between us and other people. Take trash, give trash, take sorrow, give sorrow, all of these things. We need to really step away from that. More important, we'll talk about the importance of diet very soon, but as important as the food we put in the body is the food we put in the mind. And if we do not put pure, elevated, transcendent, spiritual thoughts all the time in the mind, then it is not possible. I guarantee you this, it's not possible to be happy to be sustained, like there should be a bliss, like a sustained joy, that's not possible. So it's the most important thing you can do right now is read up, read up on being a spiritual being or attend our spiritual travelers course. You know, just keep feeding it, feeding your mind with these things. If we want to have happy mind, happy thoughts and overcome overthinking, then that highest level thought... There's negative thoughts, there's useless thoughts, then there's positive thoughts. And a lot of like self-help books are positive thoughts, you know. But then higher than that, the most powerful thoughts are pure thoughts or thoughts about the original self. Or about who you really are, about your original stage, about where you come from. And that helps us transcend everything and come into a a state of peace, purity and, and love. And so those are the sorts of thought. That's the highest level. Like in terms of food, that's like the most potent supplements that have the most powerful benefits to our our health, if you imagine it like that, compared to other things. 
And that's why we have the Spiritual Secrets course, Ancient Spiritual Secrets, and these different practices and guided meditations to help feed the mind with these beautiful, powerful thoughts. And you can get all that for free. All right, what is secret number four? So the fourth secret is actually your physical diet. It's interesting. You know what is interesting? What you put in your body affects your mind, and what you put in your mind affects your body. That is very interesting. It's a secret. We all need to understand this, right? We all need to understand this. What you put in your body affects your mind. What you put in your mind affects your body. So let's talk about what you put in your body. So in the Brahma Kumaris, we have a sattvic vegetarian diet. Um, I'm a vegan, but you don't have to be vegan. Vegetarian is good enough. Um, so you, and the reason why we have this diet, right, a vegetarian diet, it's not only a compassionate diet. It's a compassionate diet for the animals, for the, pl for the planet. It's a very compassionate diet. But it's not only for that. The main reason, like the top reason why we do this is because our food affects the mind. That is the reason why we have that diet. Because, and you will notice it. I have a challenge for all of you. If, try this for a month. And this is what I tried, right? This is what I tried. I remember this so well. When I first started this, of course, I was a vegetarian, and um, but I was eating out a lot. So this is what happened. I was working at that time, and a few of us went to um, uh, went to a restaurant and black beans and rice. I was eating black beans and rice in that restaurant that day, and. Um, the way I went into that restaurant, right, I just got the meditation course. I was in seventh heaven and, um, you know, things were wonderful. Everything was going great. And I was just really, really happy. And then as soon as I ate that, I distinctly remember this, the way I went in and the way I came out. So the way I went in, I was really nice and wonderful and everything was going fine. And when I was coming out, I was feeling a little distressed, like a little anxiety and all of that. And then on, on my way out, I saw the chefs of the restaurant outside smoking. And they were having such an argument, like a raging argument. And I realized, whoa, whatever they were thinking went into the food and that's what affected me. But even before you decide, okay, who's making the food, let's not worry about all of that for now. The first step is to make sure you have a compassionate diet, not necessarily for the animals, but for your mind. It's a compassion for your mind, compassion for the body, to have a diet that really helps you. This is very interesting that the mind affects the body, the body affects the mind, the diet affects our thoughts. And this has been my own experience as well, uh, because I've been having the same diet for 20, 20, probably 27 years, actually. Because um, I became vegetarian before I started doing meditation. And um, I remember I worked in a restaurant, actually, when I was younger, and I was cleaning the pots. pots and pans. I wasn't the chef, right? But I saw the chefs because was, it was a little, re little restaurant with a little kitchen. And they weren't always in a good mood, that's for sure. And my friend Joe, he used to live, he stayed in a different restaurant, right? He worked in a different restaurant. And he told me that regularly they would cook the beef, that they would, they would put it on the floor and kick it around the kitchen floor like a football, right? Like a soccer ball. And then they would wash it off and put it back in the pot and heat it back up and then, sh and then, um, serve it and they did it for fun they did it regularly they did that so <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure why they did that like this seems like what is the point that's a gruesome but, story but but, the th but like why risk it you know you don't know who's you cooking your food yeah and yeah. and i'm not making this up like he told me this is what they did every day or multiple times a day just for fun and they probably did other things which i'm not even going to get into to add weird stuff to the food, see what they can get away with. 
because these are people, it's a low-paid job. They don't necessarily want to be there. They're, they're just doing like a thing again and again and again. They've got other things going on. You don't know You don't know what you're eating. You don't know the quality of the food. You don't know the vibrations. You don't know any of these things. And it all goes into the food. So one is the energy that's gone into it from whoever made it. And the other is the actual ingredients. And um, one of the things that has been recommended that is to avoid is garlic, right? And I used to like garlic bread and things like that. And I thought, what's wrong with garlic? And um, I stopped eating it because I wasn't that into garlic, honestly. And then um, I think maybe like two years later, I ate something that had garlic in it that I didn't realize. Like, because so many foods, they sneak garlic in everything, basically. Like some jar of something that had garlic on whatever. And I remember feeling all this tension in my arms. I'm not sure why I felt it that. I was like, why am I feeling this weird feeling? Like, what is this, right? And then I realized that I had this thing had garlic in it. And I was like, this funny. So we're not going to tell you, you have to do this and you have to do this because you're a sovereign soul. You can do whatever you want. But it's worth trying these things out personally and seeing actually how they affect you because you're not going to know unless you try. And and we deserve to give ourselves the opportunity to eat the food that's going to bring us the most joy. And you're not going to know what that is unless you try it out for yourself. Exactly, yeah. You know, we know how current status quo feels, right? We know status quo of eating out all the time. We know that. We know that. And um, we also know that we want something more for our lives right? We all want something more for our lives. So all we are saying is try something else out just for a month. Try it out and see how you feel. Because the food really affects the mind. You know, when, when I'm in India, in Maraban, the, the um, Rajoga headquarters, they, there's what, the people who are in the kitchen, they have an expression, your stage or your state of mind is half your food. I remember being told this by the person who was in charge of the kitchen. Your state of mind and your happiness is half based on your food. And I remember thinking, that's really pretty alarming if that's true. If it's 50% of how you feel is what you eat, then we should take it. Even if it's 20%, like you have to really take this stuff seriously. Absolutely. Even if it's 20%, that's a huge, it's like 20%. It's like that's the biggest nutrient in the food, right? In Sanskrit, there is a um, there is a phrase that goes yatanam tata manaha. That is, as is the mind, as is the food, so is the mind. So it's like this this concept of the mind and the food and how it affects each other has been coming on coming along for ages. It's like an ancient thing, and many of the ancient things we have forgotten recently. So I'm really glad you brought this up, Michael, because if even if it is 10%, right, that's a big nutrient. Even if it is not 50%, even if it's 10%, that's a big nutrient. It is. And, you know, it's worth trying these things out. It's no wonder. I've heard something like 40% of Americans or something eat their food in their car because, you know, there's all these drive throughs and people having various Subway sandwiches and Big Macs and, you know, whatever else in the car, right? So, so first of all, the food itself is very unhealthy, a lot of this junk food. Secondly, it's not been made with love. And then thirdly, it's not being eaten really with consciousness because someone's saying... No, and it's not the right food. It's probably meat, no? That's really bad for the mind. Yeah. How can you just inflict violence on something and think the mind will be okay with that it affects the mind we are in a symbiotic relationship with everything around us so if you're killing things and putting that in the body that will definitely affect the mind these are very deep things and like everything we talk about on this podcast we're not trying to say shame anyone or say anything's bad or whatever else this is experiments experiments try any of these things out for yourself for at least two, three, four, five weeks, right? A long enough to make the shift. And then you decide whether or not it's good for you or not. But you're not going to know until you try. And um, one of my clients actually from my coaching, she 
used to be vegan and then for whatever reason she got in back into eating meat and various things and she's just gone back to being vegan again and she says I feel so much better she said I don't know what happened but like for 10 years she was just eating whatever probably because of her husband you know because it's convenient to eat what other people make but she said she feels so much cleaner and her mind is clearer and she's feeling so much happier just by making that one change so try it out for yourself and see if you eat pure healthy food how does that affect your thoughts you can even keep a journal and just notice the difference all right shireen now there's a fifth secret the fifth secret is money cash money <laughs> baby how does money affect <laughs> the mind this is very interesting right right it has a very deep connection wealth and mind how we spend our money definitely affects the mind and so what happens is like I was saying before, we are in relationship with everything. Everything has energy. The body has energy, the food has energy, money has energy, the mind has energy, you know, the soul has, the soul is energy. So everything has an energy, right? And what is the biggest energy? What is the energy that is, has the most uh, attention, people's most attention these days, money? And so what happens is when you take this energy of money and misuse it, then all the other energies get affected because they are all in a relationship with each other. There is wealth, there is the mind, there is the body, there is the soul, there's all of these things going on. So if you're misusing one, then all the others get affected. That's very interesting. I, I, when I was younger, I used to listen to um, hip-hop music, and there's one thing from Snoop Doggy Dog that I just, just came to mind just now for some reason. I've got my mind on my money and my money on my mind, just part of his song, you know, mind on my money and money on my mind, because that that's that's what is going on in the mind. And, and thinking about money and wanting money and spending money and what is money for this is this is dominating people and you know there's an expression money makes the world go round right people say love makes the world go round, but really money makes the world go round and that is the energy is, right currently that used wouldn't be, that used to not be the case even 200 years ago 100 years ago now that is the case where money rules it's taken different over things everything. ruled at different times, right? Different things rule the world. Like at one time, religion really ruled the world. Like different religions really rule the world. Um, you know, different things rule the world at different times. And now, money definitely rules the world. But I've heard from someone who works with one of these billionaires, tech billionaires, that they're on antidepressants. And so, uh, yeah, it's good to have all of that money. And it's wonderful. I'm not saying you shouldn't have money. You should have money. I'm not saying don't go after money. You should go after money. Whatever you want to do with your money, it's wonderful. But make sure you use it properly. Don't use it to enable people's bad karma. Don't use it to do negative things because that is what affects the mind. You can't, you're not living independently of these energies. You're living in a world where all of these energies have a relationship with each other. So understand this relationship and live in a world with understanding. But that's very interesting. So what you're saying is that the way you make money, like your actual livelihood is gonna affect your mind and your, and then what you spend your money on is going to affect your mind. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, yes. Yes. You know, I, I work with a lot of people who have a lot of money. And I've heard, I actually, someone who's just joined one of my programs, she um, she's a finance person who works um, with people in China. And she said her clients are very, very wealthy, but they're very depressed because just having tons of money. I mean, like, what what's the point? After a certain point, it doesn't make any difference. I have clients who are multimillionaires and they're not happy 
unless they get other things in their life sorted out because it doesn't really mean anything. And not only that, it can cause people stress. If someone has like $100 million and they lose $10 million, it really annoys them and they stresses them out and they feel like, oh my God, I'm so like, oh dear, oh dear. They got 90 million left, but it's, it's just like, it's not good enough. And then they might waste the money on things that don't matter. But the irony, of course, is that the people who use their money for philanthropy in a real sense, not, not fake philanthropy, but like actually truly helping people, um, that brings them more joy than spending it on themselves. Right, right. Even that you have to be very careful, huh? Before we tell people uh, to go to give it to people and stuff. Because if you give it to non-deserving people, like it's called apatradana, where it's not, um, uh, you know, not deserving. They're not deserving. And so um, when you do that, uh, and or they are misusing your money. Like, let's say you have a child, and your child, you are, you know, you're paying the rent. You're or they're living in your house. They're doing all of these things, and you and they're using your money to, you know, do drugs and all of that. So your money is not really being used for a higher purpose. And so that that kind of, um, you know, leakage of energy. It's a leakage of energy where you're thinking, oh, it's just money, it's compartmental, it's something separate, it's this, that, right? You're thinking it's separate, but it's not. That energy affects your mind. So to really be careful and see where your energy is leaking and just get it all together, like balance it out, balance these energies out and do the right things with your money. Right. And, you know, looking into all the subscriptions that we have, you know, I was doing this recently and I was like, oh my goodness, like, (laughs) why am I spending? I've already saved about $6,000 just by looking at this in more detail so far. Right. And so a lot of, a lot of money is going to wasteful places where we don't need to. And then even giving to charity, a lot of charities, when you look into it, they're scams and they don't, they, you have to make sure that if you're giving to charity that they're actually giving the money to the right people and not just going to the middlemen, you know, the, the board of directors or whatever. It's actually going to the people. Um, there's lots and lots of ways where we think we're spending our money in a, in a good way, but it turns out to have this dark side to it that we didn't realize because right? we're not paying enough attention. Yeah. I remember when I was in corporate America, we had to, right, at the end of the year, everyone had to pledge to a particular uh, overall umbrella charity and that umbrella charity distributed to other charities. And guess how much this umbrella charity took out of the money? Like, let's say they raised $100,000. How much they took, the umbrella umbrella nonprofit took before they distributed the rest of the money to the other charities. It should be like maybe 0.5% or something. Are you you serious? No, pick a higher number, pick a higher number. I mean, you should be like maybe 1%, you know, for the, for the, for their But pick a number, just pick a number, another number. No, I think it should be, I think it should be 1% or 2%. But what do you think it usually is? I don't know. I, I, that's what I'm saying. 90%. They take 90%, 90%. They 90%. took at that point ninety percent for administrative costs. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That is <laughs> they took ninety percent for administrative costs and ten percent for other things, right? That is so when really I heard shocking. that, when I heard that, I refused to give. I said, "No, I'm not giving," and I got into so much trouble. There's so much peer pressure right. from my boss and from my colleagues. Why are you not doing? Especially from my boss, you should give. We don't. We haven't met our goal this year. And you should give. Why are you not giving? I'm like, no. If 90% is going to administrative costs, I'm not doing it. I had to really put my foot down and have courage. It's like I'm right. not doing it. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, the same thing with the COVID um, handouts. Apparently, billions and billions and billions of dollars went to massive companies who didn't need the money. Um, they just found loopholes in the government's massive... Um, spending trillions yes of and got US. ferraris and whatever else and yeah whatever and they else, right? so like so this whole thing like it shouldn't go to non-deserving things there's people who don't need the money who are wasting the money who don't who are scamming the money 
and we think we're being generous, but we're just actually giving to people who shouldn't be getting it, who are, who are wasting it. And there are, there are real people who need money who are in a real situation who would tremendously benefit, and they're not getting it because there's all these scam artists in between that happening. Um, yeah. And then all these companies with all these various things that they do to keep us buying stuff we don't need and it's it's a real mess and all of that it is a real is a mess drain, right and it really affects the mind it really affects the mind it the way it affects the mind is of course also the degree in which you're misusing it but let's say you're just wastefully spending like wasteful wasting money right it you just have a lot of useless thoughts going on to get your to get your mind like to regain control of your mind to get the reins of your mind under your control takes a lot of uh, thought it's not hard but it's something that is worth doing and it just takes all of these things you need to really think about all of these things otherwise it just doesn't happen you can't just get your mind under control by sitting in a meditation for a few day few minutes and just oh yeah it's gone you know no your whole life has to be uh, in balance and properly functioning that's really fascinating so so what should someone do practically to get their money under control so that it's not affecting their mind um first no no one should be using your money for negative things like drugs and things like that right even if it's your they're your children they shouldn't be you shouldn't be giving it to them that's my suggestion. I'm not, you know, that's what I would do if they were my kids, but do whatever you want. But that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is what are the charities you're giving? Make sure that it's really going to deserving people. And third, like wasteful things, like, you know, these monthly subscriptions for random things that you don't use, all of that, all of that wasteful spending. It's not spiritual. All of that wasteful spending needs to come uh, you know, come under control. And then also, what are you using your money for, for your own body, how you're using it, making sure that you're using it properly, right? You're not wastefully spending it on yourself and going and buying $10,000 purses, whatever, whatever. So making sure we're not wasting it in in giving it to people who are going to cause problems for themselves or others, not uh, having pointless subscriptions and all these things we just complete waste of money not giving to charity that's scamming us and and then of course our own personal spending you know even with um with our food you know when we go grocery shopping i used to and i still to some degree do this buy whatever i want because i want to eat well but i'm now more aware of like if i can if something's on sale and it's good for me, and there's something I like that isn't on sale, it's probably good to, to, to be aware of these things because the, we actually end up with more variety in our diet if we say, oh, there's this thing over here which is, you know, cheaper, and I don't normally eat that. That that's There's a benefit in our health to have different varieties of food you know, available to us. So, so things just to be aware of all these different things. And a lot of the time, stuff that is cheaper can be just as good sometimes it can't be let's be honest like for example if you like i've got a good camera here and it's going to last a long time and there's no point skimping on it so i think that's a good use of money but a lot of things it's like there's a really expensive version and a cheap version and they're not that much difference really and truly between them in many many cases so just to be conscious about all these things and also to just spend less money overall you know what was it you were saying the other day Shireen about your method for spending money but before you <laughs> spend money what do you do um right I, I categorized right like I had to go on a budget um a few years ago and uh, so I categorized all the spending in the center and personal spending to um Without this, will will I die? <laughs> is one category. Second category is it's nice to have and it's good to have. It's not too wasteful. Um, it's and you know I could reduce it, but I can you know make improvements on it. But it's good to have and you know it's it's a good thing to have. That's the second category and the third category is it's just totally wasteful. 
And so first I started, I, I, I numbered them A1, B2, C3 like that. And then I first took out all of the C's <laughs> in my life. First, like the, that was the first thing I did, ruthlessly took out all the C's. And then after a month or so, I thought, why do I need the B's? I took out the bees, and guess what? I'm still alive to tell you the tale. So she's still alive. <laughs> Lattes and everything else. I'm just joking. Right? Oh, I don't but, drink um, coffee. Oh my no, I'm god, just that is the thing, right? Like people. Starbucks spend, have it. Adds up, doesn't it? Starbucks. It's called the Starbucks effect, right? If yeah. you're spending three hundred dollars in Starbucks every month, you could be doing an investment. $300, yeah. it's not much, but you could be doing a good investment and at the end of the year, really have a good nest egg. But we're not right. talking about all of that. <laughs> not talking about all of that. Uh, this is not a finance channel here, but, we, <laughs> we, this, but these things are all affecting our mind. Yes, what I'm saying is the way you spend your money affects the mind. Yeah, and it, when you get it together, the mind will calm down. And also, um, we if the mind is out of control, we buy stuff we don't need and have to return it. I, I have at least three things that I bought a little bit impulsively right now. Like I was just like, I need to get this thing, and I wasn't like calm enough at the time. And now I have to send them back to Amazon because I didn't pause long enough to think about this because it's easier just to be impulsive and click 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 than it is to think clearly and like use our thoughts you know so that's another thing is just to have that pause do I really need this what's going to happen if I don't get it sometimes you don't know until you get something right a lot of this stuff like I wasn't sure if it would fit or not it was clothes I can't tell till I try it on because I'm not in the store but even still all of these things are all connected to each other and um Everything affects everything else. Yay. So, Shireen, Is what's your final much, thoughts? Is that too much, Michael? Are there too no. many secrets? No. There's a lot of secrets and there's more secrets. But um, what we recommend you do as the listener is to think where can you start, which is one of the things or two of the secrets that you can start bringing into your life. And that's going to help you get your mind under control. Wonderful. A blessing. 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 So let's finish with a blessing. Okay, blessing, determination. To put one of, your, one of these secrets into practice, into your life, determination. You let the light of your being illuminate who you are and fill you with courage, remaining blissfully disciplined in pursuit of your purpose. Despite the obstacles, you keep your trust alive, stay tenacious, and are rewarded with joy. Mm, Get beautiful. your mind under control and you will be rewarded with joy, <laughs> which we all want, right? We all do things because we want joy. Why are we in relationships? Why are we working? Why are we doing all of these things? Because we want joy. And when you do these things, you really experience joy. Thank you, Shireen. So take this to heart. Think about one or two things that you could bring into your life that bring you the most joy right now and see how your mind starts to become more calm, more centered, and everything gets better and better. And life continues to become magical. Lots of love, and talk to you soon.